0: Welcome to the 21st episode of Heavier Than I Look, a podcast dedicated to healing, recovery, and storytelling. My name is Kira Rousseau, and I'm your host. If you feel that listening may aggravate your suffering or complicate your recovery, please take this notice as a trigger warning. Discuss with your support system as necessary, and as always, take what you need and leave what you don't. Today's episode is dedicated to anyone who has ever struggled through infertility. Your suffering is unimaginable, and I applaud you for your strength and resilience. I would encourage bringing as much forgiveness to yourself as possible and opening up a conversation with your body in an attempt at self-mercy. Information is sparse about long-term effects of eating disorders on fertility and successful pregnancies, yet the research that exists suggests a correlation. Issues with fertility among women who currently or have had eating disorders is generally associated with hormonal abnormalities and thus menstrual dysfunction. Infertility is most common among those who have had eating disorders while trying to get pregnant, yet, fertility issues may present themselves even after receiving treatment for an eating disorder. Some studies suggest that yes, those who have had a history of eating disorders are more likely than the general population have difficulty conceiving, and these troubles may may be dependent on the severity of the eating disorder originally. One-fifth of women who seek treatment for infertility have suffered from an eating disorder. Similarly, other studies have demonstrated that eating disorders account for about 18% of patients seen in infertility clinics. Unhealthy weight, poor nutrition, and low levels of body fat can disrupt the functioning of reproduction and growth hormones in a woman's endocrine system, which then disrupts ovulation. This can result in irregular menstrual cycles, amenorrhea, which is the loss of a period, and ovarian failure. All of these health complications may decrease the chances of conception and increase risk of miscarriage. Menstrual irregularities are common among those with eating disorders and used to be included in the diagnostic criteria for anorexia. Amenorrhea is a prepubertal hormonal state that the brain reverts to as a defense mechanism of the brain telling the body it is not ready to be pregnant. The return of normal fertility can be delayed in up to 30% of women with anorexia nervosa who regain normal weight. Additionally, menstrual irregularities and hormonal imbalance is common in women with bulimia nervosa, even among those who have a, quote, normal BMI, end quote. Restoring weight and regaining a period does not necessarily mean ovulation resumes, as the brain may still not be releasing hormones necessary for ovulating. Hormonal balance, which is crucial crucial for fertility, requires healthy fat stores in the body. With not enough fat, the body won't produce estrogen, and thus the reproductive system will not work as well. Further, men with too little body fat will produce suboptimal levels of testosterone, impacting sperm production and erectile function. Men who've had eating disorders or whose weight is fluctuated dramatically in their lifetimes can experience fertility issues as well. Eating disorders during pregnancy can be extremely dangerous for both mother and child. Complications such as preterm delivery, low birth weight, intrauterine growth restriction, cesarean birth, miscarriage, and infants infants with birth defects and low ABCAR scores are possibilities. Quote, Women with bulimia nervosa were significantly more likely to have a history of miscarriage and those with anorexia nervosa were significantly more likely to have smaller babies compared with the general population, end quote. Postpartum for women can raise its own challenges and struggles. After delivery, the prevalence of postnatal depression is greater in women who have had eating disorders, quote. Women with eating disorders are more likely to have an underlying affective disorder, up to 40%. And this together with the added stresses of pregnancy, where your body image changes, inevitable weight gain, loss of control, is thought to make these women more vulnerable to postnatal depression, end quote. Because of the inevitable bodily changes in weight gain, relapse is common. In fact, up to three quarters of women who've recovered from eating disorders relapse within 18 months of giving birth. Women who have had an eating disorder and become pregnant require extra support during and post-delivery. Dr. Sandeep Renote, a psychiatrist and medical doctor who specializes in working with young women suffering from eating disorders and infertility, says, quote, the impact on fertility is one of the least known or researched consequences of eating disorders, end quote. This topic is deserving of more research and attention and the women and men who struggle with infertility are deserving of more clarity and insight. If you find yourself at this intersection of eating disorders and infertility, please consider visiting a fertility specialist and honestly explain your struggles. You may undergo diagnostic testing so that your medical provider can customize a treatment plan. This might include a specific combination of drugs and medication that will stimulate the growth and release of an egg. It is generally accepted that the eating disorder must be in full remission before any fertility treatment can start, considering the dangers of an eating disorder while pregnant. As I was feeling and working through a wide range of emotions last semester, I decided to write a letter to my body after all that it had been through. It was an effort in communication between my body and I, and the future that I might face. I'll read it aloud now. My body was tensed, involuntarily rigid because of the potential of death. It held on. It gripped what was left in it in order to last, while famined or restricted. It was characterized by distress, tightness, ready to fight, until it let go. It understood it didn't have to be threatened anymore by a non-existent, irrationally perceived opponent. Starvation. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for trying to save my life. But I'm okay now. I'm going to need you again, it's inevitable, but I'm okay now. It's okay to let go, for now. I'm going to do my best to take care of you. That means food, that means gentle movement, that means satiety, that means rest. In this way, you need not fight to live. You may instead just live. I'm sorry for what I did to you. It was unintentional. I was not aware of the permanence of my actions when inflicting you with pain. My ignorance and distorted thought caused you pain. I'm so sorry. I hope I never lose you because then I would lose me. Please forgive me. I hope I eventually am able to grow life inside of you. The fruit of our love will make another human. A human that takes after you just as it does me. I hope she loves you as much as I do. I hope she loves her you as much as I will. You will care for her just as I will. For a while, you will be completely hers. For a while, you will forget about me just as I forgot about you. Give her my all. She deserves you. Sometimes I question if I still deserve you. But she deserves you. Give her my all. Just don't give her yours. If you would like to learn more about what sources I used in the discussion of eating disorders and fertility, my citations will be placed in the show notes. Next week, HTAL will discuss in-depth... The Experience of Body Dysmorphia. Tune in on Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. All new episodes of HTIL will be uploaded to Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts by 11.59 p.m. each Sunday night if you miss the live broadcast. Feel free to return to old episodes by visiting these sites. If you would like to listen to my own story of anorexia, binge eating, and body dysmorphia, you can listen on any of these platforms please consider sharing the podcast with family, friends, or those who you feel could specifically benefit. If you or someone you love might be struggling with an eating disorder, know that you have my full support in recovery and consider seeking treatment. If you feel treatment may be inaccessible to you, please consider seeking support through Project HEAL, which is the largest nonprofit in the United States delivering prevention, treatment financing, and recovery support for those struggling with eating disorders. Disordered eating has ruled my life for nearly six years, and I didn't think anything would ever be able to come in between that. Treatment did, and treatment does. If you are in a crisis situation, please contact NEDA's helpline by texting NEDA to 741741. HTIL has its very own Instagram and Twitter accounts, so if you would like to suggest your own episode topic or interact with the podcast further, please feel free to follow on Instagram at heavier than I look and Twitter at HTIL podcast. If you are interested in sharing your own story as a feature on the show, please direct message me on Instagram or Twitter. Don't be afraid to reach out. I would love to hear from you. My podcast heavier than I look aims to empower survivors, educate listeners and foster conversations surrounding eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Eating disorders demand silence Yet, this podcast is an attempt to de isolate and destigmatize a survivor's experience by giving a voice to each story. We must abandon a quantitative, numerical definition of identity and reclaim our self definition to exist beyond the numbers that rule our lives. In this way, HTL is a space of healing, recovery, and storytelling. Let us no longer wonder how little space we can comprise but instead wonder how to make that space one filled with love and sympathy. Goodbye for now.